Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Let's talk about our next guest who is giving amazing value to a very, very important segment of our society. Our guest, Salima Ishmael, is co-founder and executive director of New Life Stories. New Life Stories is a group that works with children of incarcerated parents and the incarcerated and the family members to prevent the incarceration from crossing over to generation to generation to reduce the uh, reoffending, improve the quality of life. What an amazing yeah. mission they have. And it's such a pleasure to welcome you, Salima Ishmael, to Money FM Weekend Mornings. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you for the welcome. Uh, can you hear me well? We can hear you very well. Thank you. And Salima, talk to us. How did you uh, get started with this idea with New Life Stories? I know that you've worked with the United Nations and you've been an advocate for many years helping women. And uh, But tell us how New Life Stories got started. Um, well, really, it's um, I would say a lot of things that happen uh, happen. Well, quite accidentally or just going the flow. <laughs> Maybe not accidental, but just me going the flow. Um, sometime um, I was working in Myanmar and um, I've come back to Singapore for a visit. A friend of mine got an um, invitation to tour the prison, uh, prison and see whether we can explore any um, opportunities of setting up vocational training inside the prison. Mm. Because I have been doing something similar in countries like um, Cambodia and Myanmar and Indonesia. So I tag along. And uh, it was there that I talked to the mothers uh, to find out what made them sad, glad and mad. And what I found out from the mothers uh, during the interview is that uh, one of the, what, they, um, what makes them really sad is um, when their own children reject them. Their own children so angry them, they feel abandoned and angry and they tell them like, you know, you're not my mother. Uh, Granny is the one who takes care of me. She is my mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, what makes them mad is um, because they feel very guilty. They feel very remorseful. They know they have messed up. They have been irresponsible and they've landed in prison. And because of that, uh, they are separated from the children. So that re- they, they feel very mad with themselves. And what makes them glad is when their own children say, you know, mommy or mama, I, I love you, I forgive you. Are that what, what's made them glad? And I thought like, okay, if the children were the strongest button, why don't we strengthen the relationship between mother and child um, for the mothers to help them change and stay changed? And for the children... Uh, there's really, you know, this sounds really idealistic, but I believe it's so true that there's nothing more powerful than love. Mm. And a child who feels love, um, just wonderful things happen to them mentally, emotionally, the, by the mere fact of being loved. So anyone can come up with a program, but if the program is something where they feel the most important person in their life, which is their mother, their father loves them. It does change them on uh, mm-hmm. you know many levels. So that was wow. the inspiration. Fantastic. We're speaking with Salima Ishmael, co-founder and executive director of New Life Stories, uh, a charity that is working with incarcerated mothers and their children, trying to bring families back together in impossible circumstances. Talk to us about this book that you've put together. It's called Love Beyond the Walls, and it's an anthology of 10 stories written by mothers who were 
previously in jail uh, and, and telling basically letters to their children. Is that correct? Yes. Um, so the mother, right, uh, they wrote these stories while they are incarcerated. Uh, some of the mothers that we work with, even before the incarceration, they, are, they were not in close contact with the children. Uh, they were not present in the children's life. So we, we try to reconnect them. Healing process takes time. Forgiveness takes time. Uh, building a restorative la- relationship between mothers takes time. So we, um, that's why we, I, we introduced this storytelling uh, to the mothers so that they can write stories as a small baby step to reconnect to the children. In a way, uh, telling their own stories, but in a children's stories format. Hmm. They can't see the children. They are separated physically by the prison wall. But we feel that these stories are expressions of love. Yeah. So when the children read the story, they're like, hey, I'm one of the characters in the book. And this story is about me and my mother. Uh, they feel that at some level, my mother do love me. This is an expression of my mother's love, even though she cannot be physically here. So that's how, um, that's the stories that uh, that we do. Besides writing, the mother also audio record the stories. Hmm. So that the children can listen to their mother's voice on auto rewind every day. Mm, um, mm. So that's what we try to do. We try to bring the prison wall down. We try to make it invisible and maintain that connection between mother and child. Fantastic. Salim, I was wondering if, if you could share with us like one incredible story of, of a, a family that has been changed by receiving this book. Mm, mm. Um. The, uh, the, the mothers, uh, the children write their own story. The children, one thing, they're always so shocked. Um, the first expression that when they see is sometimes surprised, sometimes shocked. They're like, wow, my mother is smarter than I think my mother is. Wow. Um, and, and they're like, wow, my mother do think about me. Um, so they're quite shocked and they're usually very pleased. Uh, the stories written by the mothers are often their favorite book. Maybe I'll just give you an example. Um, Please. Uh, yes. So one of the stories that the, one of the mothers wrote is about Together We Grow, where uh, the, her children, she has two, two sons. Uh, so her two sons are the, you know, she talks about how in life you have the sun and you have the rain. In order for the seeds to grow, you need both. So she's trying to say that, you know, there are sad days and uh, sunny days, there are sad, rainy days, but you need both to grow. Uh, so there's some of the stories that they share. Another one, um, another one a mother wrote about her being the star. She's up the star. She's one of the stars in the sky. She said, whenever you feel sad because she cannot be together yeah, with the mother, yeah. she just look at the star and know I am there. Uh, so wow. they, they try to come up with symbols that, they are not there physically, but when the child look out the window to say, hey, that's uh, that's my mother, a symbol of my mother. She's there thinking of me. We are both looking at the same thing. Mm. It's incredibly powerful. Uh, Salima, uh, this is just its su- such an amazing – I have so many questions yeah. about this. It's such an amazing story. And, you know, of course, we hear a lot about the Yellow Ribbon Project and the ex-offender, the male ex-offenders, uh, and the great work that they're doing. But when we think about women in prison in Singapore, how many women or moms or do we know what the exact – or do you know what the exact number is of people who are incarcerated? Um, these are public data, so which I can uh, share. Mm. Uh, so there, there, 
if you look at the numbers, the number of women in prison is low uh, compared to the men. It's only about 10% of the uh, prison population are women. But I feel that we, we can't just look at the actual number because uh, the actual fact in Singapore is that the caregiving responsibility, uh, the mothers are still, in Singapore, the mothers are still the primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mother still um, handle the caregiving responsibility in the home. So when a child, uh, when a mother is incarcerated, it impacts the children sure. um, yeah. more significantly. And uh, of course, when both parents are in prison, it definitely impacts the children. And there is a recent study, another public study that was also just released uh, this year. Uh, it shows, uh, this is in Singapore, it shows that when uh, children with exposure to parents who are incarcerated, um, 2.7 times to 3.7 times more likely to also have uh, contact with the criminal justice system mm, as wow. um, youth or as an adult. Uh, the, re- the odds are stacked against them. The odds are stacked against them, Not nothing to do with uh, n- uh, nature, not about the genes. It's really because of the environment they grow up with. Uh, many of the children that we work with face with a lot of adverse, adverse, what we call adverse childhood experiences, meaning at a very young age, they were already facing uh, neglect. Some of them face uh, mm. abuse, Trauma. emotional, mental abuse, sexual abuse. Uh, they may have witnessed their parents' um, uh, domestic violence in the house. They may have witnessed uh, drug use in the house. So all this together uh, really does uh, is very traumatic for a child. Uh, yeah, so they they don't start at the same uh, starting level yes. at primary one with other kids because when they start at primary one, they already have all of this situation on their on their backs. Hmm. Wow, the book that you have written it's it's a it's a book that's for sale. And uh, I believe it was thirty five dollars for uh, forty dollars, including postage. The proceeds oh, go towards uh, thirty dollars yeah. and five dollars for postage. Uh, got it. Thank you. So thirty five dollars in total, and, and this book uh, that uh, that is called Love Beyond the Walls. Uh, and those those pro- what happens with the proceeds from that? How does that go to help the ladies? So the proceed goes uh, into us running our program. Our program is very uh, new life stories program. We're very child-centric. We actually look at the child first because our main aim is to prevent intergen- intergenerational incarceration. Uh, looking mm-hmm. at the stats, uh, a lot of them, uh, if there is no upstream early childhood intervention, we know what will happen when they're yeah. adults. So it will be really to provide uh, counselling support for the kids who are facing trauma, counselling. Um, we have play therapy we also have um, volunteers going to the home every week uh, to mentor the kids. Wow! What incredible work! Yeah. yeah. How do how do people contact you to see about helping? And and as I'm looking at some of the stats here, it's about 1,200 or so female prisoners wow. in the population here in Singapore. So not a huge number, yeah. but as I think as you mentioned, uh, you know these are the women who are generally primary caregivers. Yes. So their absence is felt, is noticed. And exactly. If they're the mothers in the home and intergenerational incarceration is a a thing, the impact of that 1,200 women to their next generations, if we don't help, actually has a huge ripple effect. So, Mm. 
How, so how do people, if they want to donate or how do, how do they uh, donate their time perhaps if they want to work with you and maybe specifically work with the female prisoners? How do they do that? Yeah. Uh, we, we also work with the fathers as well. Mm. Um, these books were all written by the mothers, but we also work with the fathers. And in some cases, we have both fathers and mothers in prison at the mm. same time. Wow. Um, so if, let's say, they would like to donate their time, uh, we accept all kinds of donation. If they have time, they can actually uh, work. We can have a one-on-one relationship with one child. They go to the home of the child, befriend, mentor. Trainings will be given. Um, how to speak to the child in a restorative, healing way. Uh, because of some of the child that we work with are, of course, uh, angry, they're feeling abandoned. So training will be given how to talk to them. And usually we use stories. We just use stories, uh, children's stories, folk stories to break the ice. Uh, because stories have been used to impart values and wisdom for centuries. And it worked even before the invention of writing. It worked. So it's a proven method. So we, that's, uh, so they can work. Uh, write to our website uh, to volunteer or if they would like to purchase a book uh, you can also go to our website to uh, get the book and we'll send the book to you it's a hardcover copy so we can just google new life stories new life stories dot uh, dot sg newlifestories.org.sg Salima, this is an amazing story. Thank you so much for being with us today to share with us what you're you're working and how you are really trying to change the future for a lot of people who might otherwise fall into a bad situation. Salima Ishmael, co-founder, executive director of New Life Stories, newlifestories.org.sg Thanks for being with us today on Money FM. Thank you so much for the invitation to the two of you and have a good Sunday. I hope you have a good lunch after this. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go makan after this. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Portuguese food. Portuguese food. <laughs> Thank you, Salima. All the best to you. Okay. Talk to you. Bye. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.